Hi, and welcome to And So Much More. My name is Cami Smith, and I am your host. And I am here with Dr. Travis Ingle, who is the Department Chair of Pediatrics. And we are going to be having a discussion today um, that really impacts all of our patients because we have so many different kinds of providers here available to patients at Centra Health. Um, and that's for primary care, that's for very specific specialties. Um, so no matter what is bringing you here, there is a care team made up of many kinds of providers. And we've been talking about that. So this is a part of, this episode is a part of, part of a larger series where we talked about um, what is an APP? Like what are our advanced practice providers? Like alphabet soup, right? Um, and so we're going to continue that conversation and you can go back and listen to that one before you join us today or just jump in. Um, we're going to talk with Dr. Engel about uh, the difference between a DO and an MD. Now, why don't you tell us? So for those who may have zero idea, what is an MD and what is a DO? So when you come to Centra or any hospital really, and you have a physician on your team who's taking care of you. Um, that physician will either be an MD or a DO. And I think it's much easier to say that there is probably 98% similarity and about 2% difference there. Mm -hmm. And in practice, for most patients, it's going to be unrecognizable. They're not going to notice. Yeah. Um, same licensing boards, generally same residencies, same overall training okay. with a few small differences. So the small differences being that a DO is a doctor of osteopathic medicine, mm -hmm. and we have a little bit of additional education in our primary medical education uh, focused around osteopathic manipulative therapy or osteopathic manipulative medicine, OMM okay. or OMT. Um, the kind of fundamental core of uh, osteopathic medical training uh, revolves around four tenets. And that really is number one, that the human person is a unit, mm -hmm. mind, body, spirit, and we treat that human person as a whole. Okay. Number two, that the body it has an inherent ability to heal itself when not overwhelmed by disease. And mm -hmm. if we can get the body back to a state where all of its systems are kind of optimized and normalized, the body will begin to heal itself sometimes with a little bit of a nudge mm -hmm. from, um, you know, from antibiotics or certain medicines, stuff yeah. like that. But the body does the major lifting when we talk about healing itself. Um, number three, structure and function are inherently related right? So if you have a structural deficit in your body, you're not going, your lymphatics are not going to drain as well. And you're not going to be able to heal inflammation, disease, stuff like that as well. Yeah. As if your structure is optimized and your function will be optimized. If you're dysfunctional, it is likely related to some structural deficit. And then number four, rational treatment of a patient really relies on understanding these previous three tenets. If you're going to treat a patient, you got to really start with those three things. So some people will say that doctors of osteopathic medicine have this really holistic approach. Mm -hmm. um, I believe that is true, but I don't want that in any way to be perceived as I think that um, MDs don't have a holistic approach mm -hmm. or don't look at the patient as a whole because I think they absolutely do. Sometimes I like to say that DOs, maybe we're doing it before it was cool, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that was really at the core of that. osteopathic training yeah. um, from the very outset. Whereas in the last 20 to 30 years, I think there's really been a trend in the um, in medical training to look mm -hmm. at patients as a whole. So um, all of my MD colleagues that I work with have really have that same mindset mm -hmm. that the patient is a whole person and we've got to look at multiple things, not just the disease. 
Um, so I love how you talked about like it's, you know, 98% very similar, mm -hmm. but then that 2% of, um, yes, holistic, but it, it's interesting as I was, you know, reading about this to have this conversation, um, the, uh, the DO, so doctor of osteopathic medicine was really referred to as the guardians of wellness, mm -hmm. which, you know, is still very superhero, <laughs> but, but it's very cool to yeah. think of it as that that approach to where the whole the whole system is considered. Um, and I think it's also helpful for our patients to know, like as you all are coming onto our website, you look at our providers and you're looking at who you're gonna be having an appointment with. And a lot of times those letters at the end, they may not know what that is indicating. And so um, I think explaining the similarities, but also how there's a very large level of collaboration that's happening, I think is good too. And so, um, it's almost like becoming the approach to medicine. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll say on our team of pediatric hospitalists, um, there's two DOs, myself and Christine Dixon, mm -hmm. and uh, one MD, Muhammad Jaravandi. Mm -hmm. We sign out to each other. And uh, for two days, you may have a DO as, as kind of the healthcare team leader there. Mm -hmm. And then we sign out to our MD colleagues. So there's okay. really very seamless care between the two. Yeah. Um, there's not really a big difference in approach. It's not like... Dr. Jaravandi comes on, he's like, oh, I've got to undo all this osteopathic dark arts that's been done before I came. <laughs> and it's not like, oh, geez, we're signing out to the we're signing out to the MD tomorrow. You yeah. know, things are yes. going to change. Yeah. The care plan really remains the same. Okay. Um, so I, I really want to emphasize that, that you're probably going to have, if you're admitted to the hospital, DOs and MDs treating you. Mm -hmm. And your care will likely be um, the same, regardless of who ends up coming in and treating the approach to that care may be a little bit yeah. different in some cases. And that really speaks to Centra's approach of having a care team who is facilitating care for you, where, you know, we're all kind of in this together and it's a lot of different minds. And it's cool to think what each individual brings to the table, whether that's from their training or from their experience. And so I think that's very important to consider when you are coming in, you're seeing multiple individuals to just understand that this is a care team approach and there's differences, but it's all collaborative mm -hmm. for their health benefit. Now, something you said when you were talking about um, the the um, approach to the whole self of healing, you mentioned how a structural deficit can really show what's happening functionally or show mm -hmm. what, what's, what's problematic functionally. What would be an example of a structural deficit? So I love this question because a lot of times it's conceptually hard to put together, even for osteopathic medical students who, mm -hmm. are, who are learning it um, in real time. The example I make is that if you have a bad infection on your arm, for example, okay. I can certainly give you antibiotics. Um, I can treat with topical medicines and I can give you medicine to reduce your fever. However, the lymphatic drainage from your arm really is what we depend upon for your body to be able to deal with that infection. Good blood yeah. flow has to be there for the antibiotics to reach that area and good lymphatic flow has to be there for your body to begin to wash out that infection, so to speak. So there's this uh, thoracic inlet up here amongst your, uh, your um, clavicles and your shoulders that we can kind of optimize the flow of lymphatics and blood flow through that thoracic inlet and if we do that, it can help uh, kind of augment the treatments that we're doing, the traditional treatments that we're doing, like antibiotic therapy, pain medicine, yes. um, uh, antipyretics for fever, stuff yes. like that. So it's not to say that antibiotics don't have a place in treating infection, but we do have a little, I call it some extra tools in our tool chest, right, mm -hmm. to kind of help optimize and really, um, I think, increase the efficacy of traditional medicine. Yeah. 
things like pain management, that's a really big um, topic that we're approaching right now, especially in areas that are really impacted by the opioid epidemic. Um, we have that extra set of tools, um, osteopathic manipulative therapy or OMM, osteopathic manipulative medicine. We can really optimize the structure and function of the body in such a way that we can either um, dispense completely with using pain medicines in many cases, or at least reduce the amount of pain medicine necessary to get yeah. the patient to be able to function daily. And with those treatments kind of progressing as the patient's function increases, we can reduce, wean, and hopefully even get them off pain medic medication completely. That's a tool that we have available to us that mm -hmm. our um, MD colleagues don't. It's not that our MD colleagues don't believe it. Um, we get, the, like I said, the core of our education in medical school is the same. They just don't have that additional little yes. layer on top, the icing on the cake, so to speak. Yes. And in some cases, MD colleagues will refer to uh, DOs yeah. um, for that treatment too. For that specialty perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, that is fascinating. And I, and I love, because, you know, the opioid crisis is is really prevalent right now and so to hear even an alternative approach i think can be really hopeful for those sure. who maybe don't even want to go there or who have gone there and don't want to go down that road again and it's just it's really encouraging to hear the other avenues that are available yeah, yeah. well is there anything else that you think would um, shed some light or add some perspective to this conversation as you um, are preparing really our community to come and interact with Centra and the care team and understanding the difference between its members. Yeah. So uh, first and foremost, as the chair of pediatrics and really involved with medical education here in the community, mm -hmm. Centra is a teaching hospital, which is amazing. I think a lot of people look at teaching hospitals and they're worried sometimes. They're like, oh, it's July. The new interns are starting. Should I be scared? <laughs> Absolutely not. You should be excited to come to a teaching hospital. We have nursing students, CNA students, physician assistant students. We yes. have medical students here from Liberty University College of Osteopathic Medicine. Wow. There's a College of Osteopathic Medicine here in town that works with Centra, and we have student rotations here. So you're going to be getting the best care with the most up-to-date um, clinical faculty mm -hmm. who are teaching really the next generation of physicians here and the next generation of osteopathic physicians because we yes. have that DO school in town. Yeah. We also have VCOM, which uh, does not have students rotating here at uh, Centra, but we have two big DO schools in the region. So you will be interacting with DOs, DO students, and um, those students are coming back to be doctors here. And I know this because I am one. I love I it. I went to Liberty <laughs> University College of Osteopathic Medicine, and I don't think I ever would have considered coming to Lynchburg, yeah. not because it's a bad place. It was never on the map for me. Yeah. But I came here and it captured my heart. And here I am now, um, gosh, seven, eight years later. It's wow. been a long time. Well, um, we are so glad that you are here. Yeah, treating children in the community. Yes. And it's wonderful. And I love being here. And yes. I love the idea that there's so many um, of my colleagues now who were in that first class with me who've come back here to Lynchburg to treat to treat patients. Yeah, it's very cool to see teaching happening in the hospital, the correlation between those that are getting their training here in this area, coming back to this area putting roots down in this area. Like this is a hospital and a hospital system that is a community pouring into it. You know, it's all connected, pouring into the community because our caregivers are our community. And so I love hearing that. We want those students here. Um, and so that's, I'm glad you brought that up when you do see students coming into your room and playing a part of it. Um, 
this it's very it's a very cool experience. I've had a few students come in when I've had various things done, um, and it's been a very good experience. You know, you see that that eagerness and um, that wisdom in these these kids. I call them kids because I'm so much <laughs> older than them. <laughs> um, but it's so cool to see that happening, that next generation being trained. And, and our students are obviously fully supervised. You're never getting care outside of um, so a clinical faculty, of an expert mm-hmm. in their field being there, supervising that care and being involved in it. Yeah. And there's such an excitement, and I will say such an appreciation for patients who are willing to teach our students here yeah. and be part of that process. And it's something that I think patients can be really proud of, yeah. knowing that they've played a role in educating the next generation of, of healthcare providers here in the community. Yeah, it's, it's just so important and it's such a cool process. Yeah, it is very cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, and I encourage those of you listening, this is a series, like I mentioned, you can go back and watch what is an APP with Morgan McDowell. And then we're actually going to have another conversation where we talk about our care team approach as a whole and all of that entails here at Center Health. So we'll see you next time on And So Much More.